Hi, my name is Joel Knox. I'm the senior pastor at the Vineyard Church of Brenham in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad you're interested in our podcasts. This media is completely free to you, so you can share it with anyone else, however you'd like. Our church is located at 1401 South Bluebell Road in Brenham at the corner of Tom Green Street next to the Bluebell Creamery and across from the Bluebell Aquatic Center. You can also find us on the web at vineyardbrenham.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Vineyard Brenham. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. never had a service start quite like that, have you? Well, you probably haven't heard that song. That was actually written and performed by my son, Chris. He wrote it while he was in high school and recorded in it in his dorm room at, uh, at University of North Texas in 2011. He wrote it for a friend who was at home sick with the flu. So, naturally... He said, get well soon. I was feeling a little sentimental this week and, you know, uh, missing my kids. Anna's home for spring break. I think Chris might be coming in today. We've got a bed for him to pick up, so so he might be, might be joining us a little bit later today. But anyway, you might have noticed a couple of references in that song to things like swine flu, and mad cow disease. You know, that was a few years ago. I don't know if you remember, but people were terribly afraid of these diseases. If you, if you got that disease, and actually, I believe it was, it, was it your grandson? Eric and Beth's grandson actually contracted swine flu, and he's, he's had a lot of health problems with, with his body since then because of that of that disease. Now, mad cow disease turned out to not be a thing, but people were still afraid of that. And so, anyway, thanks for indulging me. 
Well, I'm continuing our series this morning. <laughs> I'm continuing our series in the book of Mark this morning. And I borrowed my son's title for the title of my sermon today. It's called Get Well Soon. I think it's just about everybody that I've talked to in the last probably six weeks. They've either got a cough or they've got something going on in their head. You know, they've got this throat thing happening that they just can't quite get rid of, you know, because the weather's kind of fluctuating, going up and down, and, and there's all kinds of stuff that's just going around. It's that time of year, you know. It's that cold and flu, achy, stuffy head, fever so you can rest kind of medicine. You know, that's what you need. Well, it, it's that kind of time of year, and we're and we're dealing with that. I think we're we're dealing with it. This this has been kind of one of the the, the weirdest winters that I remember in Texas, at least since I've been an adult. So if you're one of those that's that's been feeling all those kinds of things, maybe you're you're still dealing with something. I feel for you this morning. So, well, if you remember where we were last week. Jesus had gone to the synagogue and was teaching on a Saturday morning when, you know, like they do in, 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 the, in the Jewish culture. And in the middle of His teaching, a man jumped up and confronted Jesus. Well, He was under the power, the control of an evil spirit, Scripture says. And Jesus took authority over that evil spirit the man was set free, and I think that was the end of the service. I don't know. It, it, it doesn't, Mark doesn't give us a lot of details, so, so we don't know for sure. But I think that was probably the end of the service for that day. And Mark ends that little passage by saying, All the people were amazed by Jesus' authority as a teacher and His ability to make evil spirits obey His orders. They'd never seen anything like that before. Well, our text picks up at, right after that. And so, it's, it's just to think about what took place. I mean, they just saw this thing happen. And that was the end of the service. And so, what do people do when church is over? You, you know, you kind of look around and maybe you, you, know, you go talk to your friends or you talk to people that you recognize. You, know, you, you visit and you spend some time together before you disperse. So I can imagine that morning there was a lot of excitement, a lot of, a, a lot of wonder, a lot of concern possibly. Maybe they're, they're talking to the guy to see how he's doing. Maybe you know, they're, 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 they're talking to each other. I, I've, I've never seen anything like this before. Have you? No, I haven't seen anything like this. All this, this talk and this nervous energy that's going on in the room. And I think everybody wanted to know a little bit more about who Jesus was. Because they had, you know, he, he's still a fairly new character. They didn't really know him, at least as, as a teacher. So this is where our text picks up this morning. It's in Mark chapter 1, verse 29. After Jesus left the synagogue with James and John, they went to Simon and Andrew's home. Now Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. And they told Jesus about her right away. So 
he, Jesus, went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and helped her sit up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. That evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many more who were sick with various diseases, and He cast out many demons. But because the demons knew who He was, He did not allow them to speak. Now, We've all gone to church together now, most of us, for the past three years. We started attending here in, in 2016, so you know it's, it's been three years, and we've kind of gotten accustomed to each other's customs, you know, what we do after, after church on a Sunday. There's several folks who like to go out to eat, and maybe, you know, you go out with the same people. Maybe you, you know, take turns going out with different people. And then there's some of you who just prefer to go home and have your meal, and so you go home, and you have your meal, and then maybe you have a, a, an afternoon nap. And then there's others that, you know, maybe you, you might grab a quick bite to eat, and then you've got some, some errands to run. So you might go shopping. You might go, go to the grocery store. You might, you know, go see somebody that you don't get to see any other time except on the weekend. And so that's part of your Sunday afternoon customs. Now, it might change... You know, like during football season, you know, um, Earl's told me plenty of times now that the Texans play at noon, so um, I'm leaving at noon I, I, so I can get home to watch the Texans play. I, and I get that. I, I like football, and, and if anybody's wondering, there's 179 days left until the 2019 NFL season. So, so I, I get that. We, we have our customs. We have our things that, that, that we don't want to miss. And, you know, and, and Sunday's no different in, in many ways. Well, people in the first century weren't a lot like us. They had their, their rhythms, they had their, their customs, and they were built around attending the synagogue on, on the Sabbath. Now, if you were a good Jew, you went to synagogue on the Sabbath. That's the way it worked. Kind of like, you know, being a Christian, you go to church on Sunday. Well, on this particular Sabbath, after the service was over, once all the commotion had died down, because you got to understand, I mean, th this guy raised a ruckus, and then Jesus delivers him from the evil spirit, and then there was the aftermath, and people had, were asking questions. They wanted to know what had just happened. So... The service had finally died down. Everything had, everybody was kind of ready to, to go their own way. And so they just left and they went home like they normally would and, and had their, their afternoon meal. And there might have been a few who followed Jesus and His disciples just to see what else might happen before the day was over. Now, Mark doesn't say this, but I, I, I imagine... That Simon, you know, this is Simon Peter, being Simon, he invited Jesus and the, the, the three other disciples over to his house, just thinking, yeah, come on over. It'll be lots of fun. We'll hang out and we'll talk about what just happened. And so they get to his house, and then right away they find out 
that his mother-in-law's sick. Well, if you've ever been on any kind of a sports team, and I, I know I, I've done it to my mom. My, uh, I've got a nephew. He did it to his mom. You invite the whole team over, and then mom has to scramble around and try to figure out how to feed everybody. Right? I've done that a few times. Hey, let's come over to my house. You know, we're, we've got a game tonight, and it's, it's almost the end of the school year, and so everybody comes over to the house after school, and then mom has to figure out a way to feed everybody, and then we have to get to the baseball game a little bit later in the day. Well, if you've ever had anybody sick in your house, you know it's not a good time to have house guests. Yes, especially if it's your mom. I know about that. Yeah, well, I hope you're not sick like that either. And Mark also doesn't say whether the people who were at Simon's house when he got there had been at the synagogue earlier in the morning. So we don't really know what all was going on in terms of the circumstances around what happened. But Mark does say that whenever they walked into the house, they told Jesus right away about the mother-in-law being sick. They were concerned about her condition because it wasn't normal for this lady to be in, in bed on a, on a Saturday afternoon. We also need to keep in mind, too, that this was the first century. And if a person survived infancy, you know, if you're born, if you got out of being an infant... You could expect to live anywhere from 45 to 65 years as long as you didn't contract some kind of major illness. Because, you know, this was before we had anything like penicillin or any, any of the, 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 the drugs that we can take now that, that will help us get over these infectious diseases that attack our bodies. And according to ancient records, there were lots of diseases to be concerned about with no available cures. There were various types of cancer, and they were classified by Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine, between 460 and 370 B.C. This was before Jesus was born. And there were infectious diseases that were caused by viruses and bacteria and parasites. And, and you remember, they didn't have the kind of means that we have today. You know, you could just, just get the, the antiseptic stuff that we put on our hands you know, the jail, and then, you know, we're, we're, we're free from germs. They didn't have access to these things. So it was a daily risk of just interacting with people in, in, in and around town. And then there were skin diseases like leprosy and head lice and scabies. I mean, stuff you don't want to even talk about. But these were things people dealt with in the first century. Pneumonia, tuberculosis, polio, smallpox, anthrax poisoning. I never even heard of such a thing before, you know, a few years ago. And then malaria and all other kinds of things that just, that would get people sick and, and they, could, they could die. If a person was unfortunate enough to contract one of those diseases, all that was left to say was, Gosh, I sure do hope you get well. There was little hope of getting better. And for some, these diseases were a death sentence. 
Now, Mark doesn't specify who exactly told Jesus about the mother-in-law. But they did let him know right away. And so what appears to have been just a very casual, it was just a, just a, a very compassionate kind of gesture, Jesus went to Peter's mother-in-law's bedside, and they don't even tell us who she was. They don't even give us her name. But Jesus goes to her bedside, He takes her by the hand, helps her sit up, and, and Mark says that the fever left her. Now that story is also told in, in, in Matthew and Luke's Gospel. And their versions slight, are just slightly different, and I think the differences are based on the perspectives of the people that they heard the story from. Because Matthew, Mark, and Luke were not in the room when this woman was healed. So they're, they're basing their accounts on, on accounts that they received from someone else who was. And in all three accounts, it's very clear that there wasn't some kind of major production. Jesus raised His hands and, 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 and started waving His arms and maybe throwing a cloak around or something like that in order to, to stir up the healing spirit. And He didn't use a loud voice and, and, and make some kind of, of crazy gesture. It wasn't a magic trick. It was just simply the power of God. And to demonstrate that Peter's mother-in-law was well, she got up and began to prepare lunch for everybody. Now remember, this was the Sabbath. But Jesus didn't say anything to her about, about making the meal. He didn't reprimand her. Everyone in the house was a, was a witness to this miracle. And I, I just have to admit... It, it must have been a really amazing day. The pastor of our church in, in Conroe for all those years, Raymond McDonald, he's, he tells a story and he's told it many times over the years. Right after he came back to the Lord, he was living in California and he was a guitar player. And he was playing guitar with a guy by the name of Chris Lazat. He's a worship leader. He's written some of the songs that we, that we sing on Sunday mornings. They had been invited to play in a, a women's prison. And so they go. That's what they did. And they went in and they, and they prayed, or they played. And then after it was over with, they, they were asked to pray for these, these women. So they asked all the band members to, to kind of spread out. And so Raymond, it would, he, was, he grew up Baptist, and so you know things that had to do with like laying on hands and stuff was not really what he liked. He's kind of a germaphobe too, so he didn't really like touching people. And so anyway, this, he's, he's, you know, these guys are coming around, and so this lady comes forward, and, and she, it, she tells him what she'd like prayer for, that she has, has asthma. And he's like, oh, okay. Uh, and so, um, so he watched how everybody was doing things, and so he put his arm up on her shoulder and, and said, Lord, heal her asthma. Well, in that moment, I mean, it was, and, and he, and he it, it, it blew his mind. He did that, and it was as if she had got kicked in the stomach and fell backwards into the chairs, 
And you can imagine his amazement. He's just standing there like, what did I just do? Well, everybody looks around because there's this crazy commotion and the lady jumps up and she says, I'm healed, I'm healed. And then the, there was one of the ladies that was there for the, the ministry team and she said, oh Lord, he's hot. Let's get somebody else to, for him to pray for. And so they grabbed him by the hand and they started laying, started laying hands on people. He didn't even know what he was doing. They were just grabbing his hand and they're praying for these people and people are falling down and all this. And then while this was going on, Somebody jumps out of the back and says, she's got a demon! And so they grab him by the wrist and they take him back there to pray for this woman. And, and this, I mean, all this commotion's going on. And he's just looking around and, and when it was all over with, he's just sitting there like, what just happened? <laughs> He'd never seen anything like it. And it, it, was, it was kind of an amazing day for a former Baptist boy. But... This is what happens whenever the Holy Spirit starts moving. This is when, when, when God's presence is, is available, whenever it's, he's, he's with us. Healing and, and deliverance kind of all go hand in hand. So as you can imagine, as, as people left Simon's house... You know, they saw this woman get healed. They saw what had just happened. They, they saw what just happened in the synagogue. And so they left, and they were thinking, I wonder if he might do that for, for my son. I wonder if he might be able to deliver my daughter. I wonder if, if my mother or my sister or my, my husband might get healed. And Mark goes on to tell us that after sundown, people started bringing people to Jesus for Him to pray for, just like He had prayed for, for this woman earlier in the day. And if you remember, according to Jewish tradition, each day ended at sundown. The Sabbath was their holy day, and people were required by law not to do any kind of work on that day. Well, because it was after sundown, the Sabbath was over. And so people were bringing people to Jesus so that He could, he could heal them. And Mark tells us that many people were healed and delivered just from bringing them to Jesus so that He could, he could pray for them and, 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 and heal them. Well, many years later, the Apostle Simon, who we know as Peter after a powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit, shared the gospel with non-Jews for the first time. You can read about that in, in, in the book of Acts. It's in chapter 10. But when he was talking to them about the ministry of Jesus, this is what he said. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Well, I want you to hear me this morning. We've been called to continue Jesus' ministry here on earth. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do good. Just as Jesus did. And take part in seeing people healed who are being oppressed by the devil.
And God wants to use our church and each of us to share His love and mercy wherever we go. That's what Easter in the Park is all about. And I'm looking forward to being able to share the gospel, hopefully with people that that might never darken the door of a church, but for whatever reason might walk up on a Sunday morning while we're together in the park celebrating the joy of the resurrection. I'm excited about that and I'm looking forward to that. And I think the Lord wants to use us individually and corporately as a church to be part of of reaching people that might never be reached otherwise. And as we go forward, I hope that that we can say instead of get well soon, that we can say instead be healed and be set free in Jesus' name. Could we stand together this morning? Now, I realize that example that I used was, was kind of dramatic. And, and you also have to kind of consider the source. So, uh, but, you know, for the dramatic effect. But I, I do believe that God can use us to be part of, of seeing people healed and delivered right here in Brenham. Wherever we go, we can we can be part of, of what God is doing and share what God is doing and, and see amazing things take place just by being obedient. So this is, this is what I want to do this morning. And this is kind of, I, I, hopefully this will be leading us up towards, towards Easter. I've got to get some water. I still have that tickle. But I, I think... I think we would all like to participate in, in praying for people. And sometimes, you know, it, it's, it's a scary thing to, to pray for somebody we don't know. May, and sometimes it's, it's scary to pray for somebody we do know. But whenever someone tells us, you know, oh, I've got a headache, I haven't been able to get rid of it, or my, you know, my leg hurts, my foot hurts, my whatever, it's my hope that we would be willing to say, can I pray for you? And, and the thing is, we, we're not responsible for the results. Yeah. I think a lot of times we're afraid that if we, if we, if we do that, then if nothing happens, then, oh man, we're going to look silly. Well, it doesn't depend on us. And a lot of times, the Lord just wants us just to be obedient. And if somebody ha- ends up being healed because we pray for them, then to God be the glory. Amen. But if, if you're here and maybe, and, and this is just what I was feeling this morning, I think there's a lot of us that would just say, yeah, I'd be, I, I would love just for the Lord just to use me. And, and I'm so thankful for the example that, that Mark gives us. It wasn't a big production. He, he, didn't even, he didn't even say a prayer. He just took her hand and helped her up and she was healed. That same Holy Spirit power is available to us. And it's not about us, it's about Him. And just being yielded to Him and allowing Him to use us. So I, I'm just thinking this morning that, that there, there's, there's quite a few here that you would like the Lord to use you to pray for people. And if that's you, I, I'd just like for you to, just, to, just to raise your hand. 
Lord, use me. I want you to use me. Well, I want to. I want to start by saying a prayer, and I'm. And, and then, then we we got one more thing that we want to do before we leave today. Holy Spirit, you saw every person who raised a hand this morning, and I thank you for the desire that you've given us to share what you've given us with other people. And Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would let your presence and your power rest on them. Give them the confidence to know that they go in your name wherever it is they go. That by being obedient, they will see your kingdom come in the lives and in the hearts of people that they come in contact with each and every day. Let your presence rest on us, Lord. We give you praise this morning. We give you thanks this morning. In Jesus' name. Okay, now, those of you who raised your hands, you're gonna get, I'm going to give you an opportunity. If there's anybody in here this morning and you're, you're dealing with, maybe it's a cold that you just can't get rid of. Maybe it's a pain in your foot, or it's a, it's a pain in your leg. Maybe it's, it's a thing with your hip or your shoulder or your back or whatever. And you might have received prayer for that before. And you might have even been in, 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 a, in a situation now where it's like, well, I prayed for that, and so I guess the Lord just doesn't want to heal me. That's not the case. The Lord wants to heal us. And if you're here and, and, and you would like someone to pray for you, I just want you to lift your hand. Okay. Now those of you that raised your hand first, I want you to take a second and, and uh, let's say, Holy Spirit, guide us this morning and use us the way that you want to today to bring healing to people in this room. Okay, now if you if you raised your hand that you needed prayer. Okay, so so here here's how it works. The person asks for prayer, ask them what they need prayer for. What 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 do you, what would you like for me to pray for? And then pray. Invite the Holy Spirit and ask him to ask him to do what they've asked you to pray for. And then just, just test it out and see see what the Lord does. Can we do that? Well, we give you thanks this morning.